Real. Intimate. You are now tuned into Bonnets and Durags, a Pillow Talk podcast. I'm your host, Via Simone. Let's get into it. Work that Pillow Talk, girl. <laughs> hey, what's going on, world? It's your girl, Simone, and you are now tuned into another episode of Bonnets and Durags, a Pillow Talk podcast. This will be a short, quick episode, but I wanted to touch on a few key points that will affect our direct communities this upcoming election, and Clubhouse. But first, how are you feeling? Take a moment to unplug, actually take a break, focus on your breathing, especially if you're feeling anxious. I'm thinking about the civil unrest that is going to happen either way we flip the coin this week. But all things considered, I'm doing pretty well. I don't know what's to come from this election, but I pray that we're protected either way. But I have a gut feeling that America will make the right decision and that our senators and electoral college will make the right decision as well. Because now more than ever, the state of our lives depend on it. But let me preface by saying that I am by no means a political expert or an analyst. Like many millennial Americans, my consumption of politics comes from media in short, snackable form. I'm tuned into what's trending on Twitter. I'm listening to the daily podcast for a layman's version of what's happening in our world in real time. And I'm being educated by friends and colleagues so I can stay up to date by, you know, their informed voices. But listen, I'm not here to badger you either way. You decide to swing politically. But I want y'all to really think about this election and what this means for you personally in the next four years. Because if you're like me, a late 20-something creative professional whose goals include owning a business, investing in property or stocks, settling down, and raising a family, then I'm going to need you to take this a little more seriously if you haven't already. So the other day I quote tweeted a response to your trash-ass president throwing a temper tantrum with a news anchor during an interview because she was asking him difficult questions. Isn't that crazy? In quote, I said... Friendly reminder, since we're about a week away, voting for an independent party is a vote for Trump. Writing in something childish is a vote for Trump. Saying you don't like either candidate is a vote for Trump. And not voting is a vote for Trump. Y'all want four more years of this? I mean, I said what I said, but there's no way you can look at this administration and think that we'll be straight in 2024. Because we'd be foolish to think that this man single-handedly ruined this country He had a whole squad behind him who gaslit him and let him get off his rocker. And even though this site 270 to win predicts that Biden will take the lead with 260 electoral votes over Trump's 163, we still have to hold our breaths. I mean, if you care about you and your loved one's well-being, then you need to be at the polls if you're still deciding whether or not you should vote. Here's why. The U.S. has one of the lowest rates of youth voter turnout in the world. The turnout for voters under 30 is 38%, below the rate of voters under 60 in the U.S. Thank you, Malcolm Farrell, for this stat. Y'all, we have to do better. We can't let, oh, my vote won't count, or what about the 1994 crime bill stop us from changing the foundation of our lives in the next four years? Again, I'm not a political gatekeeper, and I was only one years old when that crime bill was signed, okay? So don't come for me. And I understand that the notion to enforce mass incarceration is nothing to take lightly, but please do your research and stop holding onto this one law as a crutch for not wanting to vote. 
Especially if this man gets reelected for another four years. Ain't gonna be no more crutches to hold on to. We're all gonna be limping around in this country. So I came across this post on this page that I follow on Instagram called So You Want to Talk About. If you're not following them already, make sure you do. They're super informative and it's just such an easy way for us to receive data and information. And so like they do like these really awesome listicle style infographics, like an IG carousel form. But one that I came across the other day uh, that stuck out to me was this one called Trump versus Biden plans for for black America. And both presidential candidates came out with their plans for black Americans recently. I want to say maybe about like a month ago. Um, So Biden's lift every voice plan was about 48 pages long and Trump's was uh, two pages like this man delivered a whole abstract while Biden and his team penned a capstone. Like that's nuts to me, but go off. <laughs> and it just makes me think like, where have we gone wrong? And how did we get so far away from the goal? And meanwhile, you've got the lost and confused, washed up wealthy blacks endorsing endorsing Trump. Like it's just, it's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, this will be the only time that I say something remotely nice about Trump, though. And what he did was he did end up outlining in his plan what he said he wanted to do for black Americans. And he even bulleted it out. But he really never got around to saying how he was going to do it. And I mean, he's really good at that. So, yeah, he should be called the chief of bluff if we're being honest. But for example, under the prosperous black communities header section um, in Trump's platinum plan, he says that he will prosecute the KKK and Antifa as terrorist organizations and make lynching a national hate crime. But what's crazy, though, is that he couldn't even denounce them on national television during the first debate. Like, okay. But what really drives it home for me is like the sheer ignorance and disregard this administration has had on the health and safety over American lives, especially during quarantine. We lost over 200,000 people because of their neglect and we can't let that number continue to rise. I mean, come on y'all, like we really gotta, we gotta stop it. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. So please wear a damn mask and stop going to the strip club. Good Lord, you want to see some ass and titties? Go on OnlyFans. Like something, please, please. You don't need to go to the strip club. (sighs) But yeah, back to this post from So You Want to Talk About. I'm not going to read the whole piece, but I want to highlight some key points that stood out for me. And I think that will have a direct impact on us as 20 and 30 somethings over the next four years. So let's get into it. So I'm going to start with this healthcare slide. Healthcare. Trump claims that he wants to eliminate long-standing healthcare disparities while he's simultaneously fighting to appeal to repeal, excuse me, the Affordable Care Act. If the ACA were to be repealed, black communities would be impacted at a greater degree than white communities, leaving 20% of black people uninsured. 1 in 10 black people would lose healthcare coverage compared to 1 in 16 white people. Biden has called for the passage of Kamala Harris's bill to create a task force that directly addresses racial disparities within healthcare. Biden plans to increase ACA subsidies and increase federal funding into Medicaid. Biden also wants to double invest in community health centers where patients disproportionately tend to be from racial and ethnic minority groups. 
So that's really important for me because as a sole contributor on my health care plan, you know, shout out to me being booted off at 26. Uh, this is like really crucial. So I would say like the reason why I've decided to stay employed by corporate is because I didn't want to worry about being like a bustling full-time creative and figuring out how much I was going to pay, like going to spend for healthcare. I remember like when I was getting ready to be kicked off of my mom's healthcare plan, um, they sent me a letter and said, if you'd like to continue with your healthcare under this insurance plan, it will be $780 a month. And I'm just thinking like, that is like, that's an insane amount of money. So, and I'm just thinking like, luckily I, I come from a, I'm in a position where I have a good salary paying job, but some people, that's like penny pension for them. Some people only end up making a thousand dollars a month. Imagine all you really could do is just pay for your healthcare and buy yourself some food. Unfortunately, that's the reality for a lot of people's lives. And like, I just, I can't imagine us being in a world where healthcare isn't as easily as accessible as it may be for us now. So honestly, like I said, that's that's a benefit of mine. That's something I, I hold near and dear to my heart when it comes to, you know, me being employed and making sure that that's at the top of my priority list. But, you know, until then, I'll continue to let my corporate job be the investment for my side hustle since I can't be so focused on, you know, being a full time creative and trying to figure out how I'm going to be insured. But honestly, my greatest hope is that we all can be covered and protected by our healthcare system, and I don't want anything to impede on that. Also, both of my grandmas are in Medicare, and if anything happens to our healthcare coverage for them, listen, try Jesus, not me, because I throw hands. I just, I can't. I literally can't. Okay, next section is affordable housing. Trump's plan includes a statement on how he plans to champion federal policy reforms to advance homeownership initiatives, but does not include details on how he plans to do so. Biden has a plan to address the growing disparity in homeownership between black and white communities. He plans to invest $640 billion into affordable and safe housing. He also plans to enact policy that fights against racial bias that leads to homes in black or POC communities to be valued lower. Yeah, I mean, for me, you had me at home ownership disparity. And this year I made a promise to myself that I would become a homeowner with or without a man by age 30. And I'm going to be 30 during this president's next term. And I'd prefer that it be under a leader who he and his administration are doing the work to make sure that I have access to all the tools, resources, and loans I need to begin building a solid foundation for me and my future family. Next segment is uh, systematic racism. Trump's platinum plan does not include any direct reference or plan to address systematic or institutional racism against black people and other people of color. Biden addresses systematic racism in his plan and includes steps to combat it across areas, across different areas. His plan outlines ways to address and implement specific policies for healthcare, climate change, and education, among others, that will tackle the issues of systemic racism in the U.S. to root it out of our systems. I mean, I'm going to be short and sweet here. I'm full black, southern roots, raised in the north. I don't really need to explain what it's been like for me to be black in America. We see it every day. We see how we're treated every day. Um, and if you're a listener, if you're a black or brown listener, you know what it is. So 
don't really need to go into depth there. Um, yeah, but I mean, it is appreciated that, you know, this has been called out in Biden's plan. I mean, it's a start. And Trump ain't do it. So he's just kind of using us to, to pander and try to claim that he wants to get the black vote. So he aligns with, you know, people who kind of seem like black figures for us. But in reality, we're just, you know, it's just like they're shucking and jiving. But moving on. Criminal justice. Trump's plan includes announcing a National Clemency Act, but there's a fact checkpoint here. He has granted just barely over one clemency petition a month on average during his presidency, while his predecessor averaged about 18 per month. Installing the most responsive, professional, and accountable models of policing, including diversity training and accreditation standards. This is another fact checkpoint. As the Black Lives Matter movement gained traction and people demanded action, Trump took a very little action toward that. Interesting. Biden's plan includes reforming the justice system by rooting out the racial, gender, and income-based disparities in the system, calling for the passage of Congressman Bobby Scott's Bobby's Scott Safe Justice Act, excuse me, that implements justice reform from both the front and the back ends of the system, investing in public defenders' offices, and on his controversial controversial support of the 1994 crime bill, Biden has called supporting parts of it a big mistake and pledges to take actions to end mass incarceration. I mean... There's not much to add to this slide. I agree, and I'll let y'all be the judge of the content of that slide. And lastly, but not least, the LGBTQ BIPOC community. Trump does not make any statement that addresses BIPOC members of the LGBTQ plus community. Biden explicitly states that he plans to combat the epidemic against transgender women of color and prioritize the prosecution of their murders. He also plans to work toward the passage of the Equality Act, an act that prevents discrimination on the basis of race, gender identity, or sexual orientation in public or private services or accommodations. Biden is supporting the passage of the LGBTQ Essential Data Act that will help collect critical data about anti-trans violence and to understand factors that drive it. I mean, I may not belong to the community directly, but I certainly am an ally to them. I have friends and family members who belong to that community, and I want to make sure that they're protected under this next administration's law and not being told when and where they can tinkle in public. Like, look, neither candidate is perfect. I get it. But let's put someone in office who is practical so that way we can hold them accountable to keep our best interests in mind. And not somebody who's going to bully us through the next term. Like, that's crazy. I like I just I have to say there's no way that you can look back on these last four years and think that this was a decent presidency. Like this is a joke. And when we are when we have children 10 years from now, 15 years from now, and they're in middle school or whatever grade they're in and they're doing those little DBQs and they're talking about the the uh, the presidency of Trump we're all going to be laughing and shaking our head at the fact that like we allowed for this to happen. We vote, not me. Y'all voted this man in. 
So please keep that in mind. Like, please, please, please. But I, I say all that to say, if at any point you were affected by the messaging shared in this podcast, or if it even provoked you to think twice about your future, get your booty to the polls. Even better, send this episode to someone who has been on the fence about voting up until the 23rd hour in hopes to convert them. If this episode converts and encourages even just one listener, that'd be then I would be so happy. I mean, our ancestors went through hell and high water to grant us this freedom and opportunity to voice how we want to be treated in this country. Don't let this government continue to treat us like we're still three-fifths of a human. We not. I mean, it's just, it's more than just like, we don't like them. Well, I don't like this person. It's more than that. And at this point, it's like you're against your future. And if you want to beef with your future self, then I, that's your business, I guess. But it would behoove you to take the time to do what's right for yourself, your future family, your friends, and for those who look like you in this country. Please vote, y'all. Please get out there and vote. But to move on to a lighter note, I recently discovered the most talked about app on social media, Clubhouse. It's what they call a drop-in audio app. And what that essentially means is that you can join or create audio chat rooms about anything with anyone. I mean, it's a great networking tool for people in all industries or even the perfect place to just kind of like be a fly on the wall for conversations that matter most to you. There aren't any video components, so you don't have to worry about like showing yourself aside from figuring out what profile picture you want to feature. Um, And also screen recording conversations is actually heavily frowned upon. You will get canceled on the timeline if you're caught screen recording conversations, especially because this was created to be a safe space of expression for people. I mean, right now it's invite only while they're in beta form. They're still building out the app. They're still testing. They're still trying to figure out figure out when and how they're going to go public. But I know that they're going public soon. But no, I'm sorry. I don't have any more invites. And if you're using the app and you have invites, please use them intentionally. I mean, I like to think of it as like live Twitter. I mean, many of these topic discussions have already been like an aggregate of what's, what's been talked about on our timelines or even in some of these podcast episodes. So it's like an array of serious topics like, does Clubhouse threaten the podcast industry? Or like sarcastic sessions like, we're talking like Funkmaster Flex for the next 15 minutes, to hilarious game show style rooms where women invite men up on the virtual stage to vet them as suitable partners, with this emphasis on whether or not they have substantial cash flow, and to even prove it by saying, Yo, send her, send her money, send her cash app. So send her money to her cash app so we know it's real. I mean, like you can even find yourself in a, a chat room with where celebrities like 21 Savage are like or Meek Mill are breaking down love and relationships and even combating slut shaming. It's honestly, it's it's a genius tool. I love it. And as a podcaster and creative, I'm loving the environment. And I mean, I'm gonna be real. As a little girl who used to spend hours on the Nickelodeon chat rooms back in like the early 2000s, this type of app is probably one of my wildest dreams. So this is this is for a nine-year-old Simone. <laughs> I will say for the first 48 hours, I was hooked. Like each night I stayed up until 4 a.m. just like joining in or listening to strangers' conversations. And I mean, I'm gonna be real. And in theory, it sounds like a weird, com- a, co- a weird concept, but 
it's like it's good it's fun and i promise you like this actually might be the revolution in social media that we so desperately needed because we are all tired of just like you know posting and going on the feed and like you don't have to worry about like keeping up with an in-feed aesthetic or worrying about like how many likes you get in your posts it's just a real ass conversation with your homies and even people that you probably would have never met in your real life but as a creative or a hustler who's trying to break into the industry, a business owner who's trying to scale, it's like a really great, a really great place to connect with like-minded people or even people who can like kind of mentor you through your process. You can ask people in real time like, hey, you know, I have this business idea or, you know, I'm dealing with this, this, this hurdle in the workplace or oh, I'm having a creative, a creative funk can y'all help me like brainstorm some some ideas it's all it's great for all of that honestly but of course it can be a dick measuring contest too and i and i hate that it, it has come down to that i mean there have been like a lot of rooms that i've been in where people will just kind of jump on the virtual stage just to like gloat about themselves without adding any real value to the conversation it's kind of annoying, but I mean, it's expected. People do that on social media anyway, but what makes it even more frustrating is when you are on the app, like I said, so like with the rooms, you can join in to any room you want unless it's locked. One thing though, you, you start as an audience member um, and then you can ask the moderators of the room to promote you as a, a speaker on stage. But when you're in the audience member section, you can't speak. You can only speak when you raise your hand and someone lets you through. So it is kind of annoying when, you know, you're in a room and you want to get on stage and talk and you have other people who are on stage and want to talk too, but they end up just kind of talking about themselves and running down their resume without really getting to the question or without really providing real feedback to what, what conversation is happening. But I will say that, like I said, you know, I loved it. I love it. And luckily for me, I was able to host my first chat room with my podcast friends, Lama, Tasha, Orlando, and Liz. And we had a conversation around uh, sex and it was actually called Pillow Talking, What Sex Taught Me. And we just really just talked about like our first memories of sex. And I even put my own signature mango habanero spin on it by asking the stage, you know, their sweetest and spiciest moments with the concept of sex. It was, it was a really good conversation. Like, I, I think everyone loved it. I, most people stayed for the entire, like, two hours and 15 minutes that we were on the call. It, it was good. I, and I mean, like, there were some, some moments where people were judgmental over other people's sexual preference preferences. But, I mean, that happens on social media all the time. But we were all quick to kind of, like, you know, check them for it. But overall, it was meaningful and raunchy and... I thought it was great, and I my my host my co-host thought it was great. Uh, we've been getting great feedback on it. We were getting great feedback on it, so definitely a proud moment on a new app. But I am going to wrap up here. I said all that to say that this actually isn't a sponsored testimonial for Clubhouse. It's just a genuine, uh, you know, just some genuine feedback coming from me, a user who has really only had my hands on it for the last two weeks, but. You know, would I recommend it? Absolutely, 100%. Um, and But I mean, like, my work days are really busy, so I wish I had more time to kind of, like, be on the app and join rooms. But, you know, you I jump in when I can, and there's always something to talk about, and there's always something for everyone. And if there isn't anything for you, the beauty of it is you can start something up. 
And what I will say too is that I, I've seen some people proclaim their addiction um, for the app and they've been on it all day and all night long. Um, but what I will say is that we can't let the newness of this app consume all of our time. Like anything, too much of something isn't good and being in a virtual chat room for too long can probably create some sort of toxicity if there isn't a, produ a productive conversation. So just be mindful of that. Anyways, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I'll leave you with this. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. That's number one. And number two is check on your fine, I'll do it myself anyways, friends. We're not okay. Our shoulders are tired. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Vanessa Durax, a Pillow Talk podcast show. I am your host, Via Simone. Make sure you like and subscribe to, or can you like, what? No, rate and subscribe, excuse me. <laughs> rate and subscribe uh, to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you consume podcast content. And be sure to uh, you know follow us on social media, Bonnets, Durags, No And, that's B-O-N-N-E-T-S, D-U-R-A-G-S on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And until next time, y'all, bye. And get out there and vote. Get up and go vote, please. Do it for your grams, please. <laughs>